0: The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. To talk tonight about gratitude. Uh, It's this uh, season when we celebrate the holiday of Thanksgiving, so it seems like an appropriate time to reflect on. And uh, first I just want to kind of contextualize it a little bit. This whole path of practice uh, We can understand or think about as having two different parts Uh, on the one hand is the cultivation of wisdom and so uh, the meditative practice of Vipassana or insight meditation the kind of study and inquiry that we do uh, are all designed to help support us to see more clearly Uh, into the way that our mind works uh, the kinds of things that bring meaning to life and the kinds of things that make life more difficult for ourselves and others so this is the cultivation of wisdom Uh, the other part of this path is Mm -hmm. about opening the heart the cultivation of compassion and a whole kind of array of associated qualities of the heart things like kindness joy equanimity forgiveness generosity gratitude so this is a this is about healing the heart and supporting a sense of wholeness inside and so the cultivation of gratitude sits within this aspect of the path which is really essential the practices of wisdom and the practices of the heart really support each other the more enriched our hearts are the more uh, the more energy the more resource we have to cultivate wisdom and to look deeply into the nature of things and the more clearly we begin to see our own minds and the very uh, nature of being alive. The more clearly we see that, uh, the more the heart opens in a, in a kind of vulnerable, tender way to the the uncertainty of life that wisdom reveals. So these two, even though we can say that they're separate, they actually they're very connected. So this particular season of, of Thanksgiving in the United States is a, it's a mixed holiday. It has a pretty, casts a pretty long shadow when you look at the actual history of, of what the holiday represents. Uh, and at the same time, you know it's uh, probably one of the only holidays that celebrates uh, a universal human value Without reference to religion or sectarianism and without a whole lot of uh, Commercialization around it It's a very unique holiday. Of course, there's Black Friday, so <laughs> We could, couldn't have couldn't couldn't have a whole day without you know buying anything so But at least for 24 hours, we're just being grateful <laughs> But I think that the holiday of Thanksgiving really goes against so much of what ails us in this society and culture. You know, it runs uh, counter to the whole culture of consumption that our economy is based upon. I don't watch TV very often, uh, but uh, every now and then I do some research. and, And one of the best ways to do research on what's happening in our culture is to watch TV and particularly TV commercials. So I was watching some TV commercials the other night, and I was watching one for uh, uh, one of the new smartphones that's out on the market. And it's this very kind of catchy tune, and uh, one of the one of the quotes from the commercial that kind of epitomizes uh, this drive to consumption in our culture. Uh, it says asking questions about the phone and the, the question is does it know what I want before I want it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> the answer is yes, obviously <laughs> So Thanksgiving goes against that whole tide of always needing to get something um, It runs runs counter to the culture of competition and achievement the way our self-worth gets tied up in how much you accumulate or how intelligent you are, how good-looking you are, how much you've accomplished or what your status is or your role or your profession, Uh, and instead to just appreciate the things that we already have in life. Uh, And I think it also, when we look deeply at gratitude, as I hope to share with you tonight, uh, it really undercuts the hyper-individualism that's such a core part of contemporary Western society. When we, when we really reflect on gratitude, it connects us with one another as we see all that we have received. And in seeing that, uh, we're not so alone. We're not so isolated or separate. We recognize that we actually do have a connection with the other people, the other beings, the other life around us. Gratitude is, uh, is also universal. It's, it's, uh, it's found in all of the major uh, organized world religions. It's a core part of most indigenous cultures. The sense of uh, a deep acknowledgement of our interconnectedness with life. This is, a, this is a quote from Joanna Macy. She writes... Gratitude for the gift of life is the primary wellspring of all religions, the hallmark of the mystic and the source of all true art. And yet we so easily take this gift for granted. That is why so many spiritual traditions begin with thanksgiving, to remind us that for all of our woes and worries, Our existence itself is an unearned benefaction, which we could never of ourselves create. So it really cuts right to the core of just that the very life that we have is cause enough for gratitude when we really stop and look. it's important also for me to kind of acknowledge or distinguish what gratitude isn't. Gratitude isn't uh, being polite. Many of us, as when we were growing up, were probably told many, many times, say thank you. (laughs) Say thank you. That's not gratitude. That's that's socialization. That's learning the norms and customs of one's culture, which has a use, right? There's, 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 there's value behind that. Uh, but we can, uh, we can associate gratitude with a sense of obligation or guilt. Like, I should feel grateful. That's not gratitude. Gratitude's a very natural movement of the heart. It's a very deep and, and spontaneous movement Appreciation for that which we have received. Uh, some of you who know me a little bit know that I spent a couple of years uh, training in the monastic tradition. And uh, I was at England, in England, at a monastery, and we would wake up quite early in the morning. Wake like up about 4 a.m. for the morning meditation period from 4:30 to about 6:30. And during one of the winter retreat practice periods, the three months of retreat, uh, every morning I would start the day off with a gratitude reflection. It's a two-hour period of meditation. There's no rush. There's plenty of time. <laughs> And, uh, you know, 4.30 in the morning in winter in England, it's cold, it's dark, it's often damp, <laughs> sitting in the hall, and it's uh, sometimes, you know, the heart doesn't feel joyful to <laughs> go and meditate. So I thought, okay, it's good to do some gratitude, kind of get the juices flowing and feel some energy and appreciation instead of just the kind of grind of oh, 4.30, it's cold, and I'm being in bed. So, um, so every morning I would take some time and just allow my mind to kind of roam and just reflect on whatever came that I would be grateful for. And uh, after a few weeks, one morning, uh, this very touching memory came back to me from my childhood, something that I never really would have noticed had I not been looking. It was a memory of my mom taking me to go shopping for clothes. And it just struck me as an adult, wow, wow. We had resources to buy clothes. She had time to take me to the store, to spend with me, to try on clothes to find something that fit, that I liked. Something that, you know, for many people who grew up in the West, would just take for granted. You know, if your family had some level of affluence. And it just really touched me. And so it was a very, it's a very, gratitude is a very natural response to the heart, uh, of the heart, to what we have received. It wasn't forced. So I want to talk a little bit about why we might practice gratitude, how to actually practice it, some different ways, because there are many ways to practice gratitude, and then also where it leads, where it takes us. Um, There are a lot of reasons to practice gratitude. The short answer is, it makes you happy. There's been a lot of Uh, social scientific research done on gratitude. And uh, some of the findings are pretty amazing. Um, There are psychological benefits, physiological benefits, and and even social benefits. So uh, physiologically, some of the studies uh, have shown uh, improved stronger immune systems, uh, lower blood pressure, People who were practicing gratitude were more likely to exercise and take better care of themselves. Improvements in sleep, increased life expectancy. <laughs> uh, they did one study on uh, heart attack survivors uh, and a control group that wasn't practicing gratitude and one group that was. And they found that the group that was practicing gratitude had decreased levels of inflammation and increased recovery uh, at various intervals over time. So it actually affects our body uh, psychologically uh, there's a whole range of positive emotions that get strengthened along with gratitude joy happiness uh, people report uh, higher levels of satisfaction with their life less anxiety reduced risk for depression uh, and increased resilience to stressful events so when we're when we're connected with a sense of gratitude not only does it make us happier in the moment but we're connected with a deeper sense of resource so that when difficulties come there's there's more strength there's more flexibility inside to flow with the ups and downs of life and then on the relational level uh, because gratitude is often so connected to our relationships The studies have shown reports of increased satisfaction in one's relationships in life uh, and an increase in what are called pro-social emotions. So things like kindness and generosity, um, forgiveness, basically being more willing to extend oneself because we feel enriched, we feel full. When we feel full, there's more to give, there's more to share. I mean, just, just think about how you felt at the end of that period of meditation when we did that guided reflection. Right? You know, was your heart uplifted even a little bit? And so take that and imagine uh, strengthening it and deepening it from just a momentary experience, what's called a, a state of gratitude, to more of a trait, to more of, a, of an underlying um, orientation of your personality. And so this is the, this is the benefit of, of practice. This is a quote from Rachel Carson, the uh, environmentalist who wrote the book Silent Spring. <clears throat> she says, <clears throat> the more clearly we can focus our attention on the wonders and realities of the universe about us, the less taste we shall have for destruction. So living with a sense of appreciation also confers a sensitivity to life, a sense of care for that which is around us. So the great gift of um, contemplative practice is that it gives us a way to transform our minds. And the basic, one of the basic insights of the Buddhist path uh, that modern neuroscience has borne out is that our minds aren't set in stone, that they're malleable. They can change shape, literally, uh, through cultivation, through repetition. Uh, we can form new connections and develop new habits for the good or for ill, right? Depending on (laughs) what we pay attention to and what we do with our minds. So I want to share some suggestions with you for how we can practice gratitude. First, I'll lay out some ways to practice gratitude just in our day-to-day life. And then I want to talk about the the kind of more deep cultivation of gratitude as a meditative practice. One of the main ways that uh, some of the studies have focused on in terms of practicing gratitude is keeping a gratitude journal. This is a beautiful practice. If you've never done it, I I strongly recommend it. Um, And so the way this is done is at the end of the day, take a few minutes, And uh, write down three, four, five things that you feel grateful for that happened that day. Some studies have found benefits after just a week of doing this. The the, the key is to stick with it, right? We start and do it for three or four days, but the key is to stick with it, to make it a habit. It doesn't take long. Another, another way to practice gratitude is um, just to integrate small moments throughout your day that you connect with appreciation for something. <clears throat> so one of the most common times for doing this is before eating. Right? So this goes across many, many cultures and traditions, whether it's saying grace or saying a blessing or that, 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 that gesture of giving thanks for what we're receiving. So meal times are a wonderful, natural uh, occasion to just pause and connect with gratitude. I had a practice for a while when I was living in New York City. Uh, every day when I left my apartment in the morning, uh, when I walked outside of the apartment building, I would pause and just appreciate being alive. I would feel the wind or the air on my face and just have that moment. It wasn't long. It was like 10 seconds, you know. But every day I would do that. I just made it a mindfulness practice and would just connect with a sense of gratitude and appreciation for being alive, for the air, for the light, for the wind. So integrating these little moments during our day. Another powerful way of practicing gratitude is, is to bring attention to the things in life that we ordinarily overlook. Do you have a place to spend the night tonight that's warm and dry? Is there food in the cupboard if you get hungry? Do you have clothes to wear that are clean and appropriate for the occasion? Do you have a friend that you can call if you're having a hard time? Do you have a place that you can come to hear teachings that's safe, that's uh, welcoming? So the things that we often overlook, imagine what it would be like if those were absent. What would it be like if you didn't have heat or if the windows were broken and there was cold air coming in? So and again, When we do this, you can watch and see if the mind starts to go into guilt or should or obligation and catch it and come back to just that genuine sense of appreciation. For me, I had a very powerful lesson in this a few years ago when I was quite sick. I had a chronic illness for a number of years, and there were many, many months that I did not feel well for a moment. Headache, tired... Eyes burning, body aching. <clears throat> if you've never had a chronic illness, it's quite disorienting. Usually we get sick and then we get better. It's very difficult to not get better <laughs> for weeks and weeks and months and months on end. So anyone who lives with any kind of chronic pain or illness knows this. And I remember the first moments after many months that the symptoms lifted. And I had a moment of just feeling ordinary. And it was so, so wonderful. Such a relief. And in that moment, I recognized, ah, I've lived my whole life not noticing what a gift it is to just feel okay. You know? So appreciating the things that we take for granted, is a very powerful gratitude practice. I'll mention one more, um, saying thank you, but in a genuine way. Really opening the heart and expressing our appreciation for something someone has said or done or the impact that they've had on our life. They did one study where uh, they had people write a, a gratitude letter to somebody in their life that was meaningful for them and then, uh, and then delivered it and actually sat down and read it to the person. And people reported uh, you know, changes, feeling happy and nourished by the six months out. I was talking with one fellow yesterday, actually, who was saying he had a college professor who uh, gave them an assignment and said, I want you to, you know, for next week, go back and write down everyone in your life who's done something kind for you that you feel grateful for. And you ha- if you have less than 30, try harder. So he said he did it and he had 50 people. And then they went back, they came back to class the next week and the professor said, great. Now I want you to, ri- now I want you to write a thank you letter to each of those 50 people and send it. And this gentleman who I was speaking to said that he had been very depressed at that time in his life, really, really deeply depressed. And he said he did that and the depression lifted for like, I don't know, but it was a long time, like more than a year, significant impact from practicing gratitude and and sensing all 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 that he had received and the connections with other people. So these are some of the ways that we can bring gratitude into our lives just in our day-to-day. In the meditative practice of gratitude, I want to offer, there are again, many ways, but I want to offer just two suggestions for how you can practice gratitude in your meditation that are both quite beautiful. So one is to do a body scan and as you move your attention through your body, bit by bit, part by part, each part express gratitude for. So feeling gratitude for the eyes, as you feel your eyes, just to appreciate them, to thank them for revealing this, this world of light and color and form and shape. So you give gratitude for, for, for our face, for this incredible nuance of expression that the facial muscles can create to give gratitude for the tongue, for the ears, for the arms, and so on, through the body, just sending appreciation and gratitude to each part of the body. It's a wonderful way not only to develop gratitude, but also to to deepen a very uh, intimate, loving relationship with our body. So this is one way you can practice gratitude in your meditation. The other way is to reflect on and recollect gratitude, uh, just as we did at the end of the period of meditation. And I want to offer just a very simple template for doing that. There are basically three steps to practicing recollection of gratitude. The first is to settle your mind. This could just be a minute or so, just feeling your body, feeling your breath. And this helps to gather our attention so that the mind has some staying power, some focus power to it. So settle your mind, that's one. Two, recollect something that you're grateful for, something someone did or said, a particular circumstance in your life, and make it as clear as possible it's important that it be specific rather than general. So rather than I have food to eat, think of the last meal you ate or think of something that's in your kitchen right now. So something tangible, concrete. So this is the second step. And then the third step is to enjoy and receive the feelings that come, to really let those nourish you, to take it in. Rick Hansen, uh, Uh, author and neuroscientist, talks about um, soaking in the good for at least 20 seconds as a way of helping the brain make new connections. So I want to give you an analogy for these three steps. The analogy that I like to use is it's like ringing a bell. So the first step of settling your mind is like picking up the striker. So you have the potential to actually connect with something. The second step of recollecting something specific that you're grateful for, that's like striking the bell. And the third step is the resonance. It's letting that gratitude ring and letting that move through you. Staying present to it and really feeling it, letting it in. When we practice gratitude in this way in our meditation, it opens the heart. It it brings energy to the mind and the body. It really uh, it really prepares the mind for meditation. One colleague of mine uh, refers to it as like tilling the soil, like preparing the soil to to plant and grow whatever it is we want to cultivate. So when we cultivate gratitude over time, it, uh, it has very powerful results. Well, first, it transforms our attention. In order to feel grateful, we need to pay attention. And what do we usually notice? What do we usually pay attention to, right? Usually we notice the things that we don't like, that aren't going well, what's missing, what's wrong, what's not good enough, how I'm not good enough, how I should be, right? So gratitude helps to retrain our attention. It goes counter to the, the negativity bias to actually notice the things that are going well, that are okay. And that's not to deny or disregard the problems or the areas that need attention in our lives or in the world. But it connect, But but it gives us a more full picture and connects us with uh, with the good that's present. That's so easy to overlook in our lives. In the Dhammapada, it says, "Those who those who cultivate thoughts, they hurt me. They robbed me. They abused me. That person." nurses hatred. And so this way that we always focus, or the way that we tend to focus on things that are going wrong, or past wounds or hurts, it feeds the, uh, the unhelpful aspects of our mind. And gratitude helps to shift that, to counter that. Practicing gratitude is also an antidote to craving. Craving and gratitude can't coexist. How can you want something when you're appreciating what you already have? You see that? So gratitude, it's, it's, by definition, it's connected to a sense of presence and contentment. And contentment is one of the jewels of the whole path. Contentment is about letting go. So in a moment of gratitude, we're tasting some of the fruit of this whole practice. That sense of a word that's so rarely used and uh, rarely honored in the English language. Enough what it is to have enough. Gratitude reveals to us a sense of enough. This is from a a poem from a a colleague of mine from Sri Lanka, Jayanti Shiva. He's a nonviolent communication trainer there. I'll just read the beginning. She writes, I have enough. Enough money. Enough friends. Enough health enough food, enough meaningful work, enough contribution. I've read enough. I've done enough in the last 36 years of my life. I'm doing enough right now, sitting here, writing these words. I'm doing enough now, sitting here, reading these words. I will do enough tomorrow, and the day after that, and the day after that. So gratitude connects us with this sense of what's enough. Have contentment. As I was saying earlier, it also reveals our connections. It reveals the interdependence of our life. You know, we we are born, we come into this world completely dependent on our caregivers. And often at the ends of our lives, we are completely dependent. And in between the illusion of independence, we have the illusion of independence. It's actually a kind of delusion to think that we are independent and existing on our own. This is, uh, this is from Albert Einstein. He wrote in an essay, The World As I See It, A hundred times every day, I remind myself that my inner and outer life depend on the labors of other men and women, living and dead, and that I must exert myself in order to give in the same measure as I have received and am still receiving. The and women was added. He He didn't actually write that, but it's true. So, and this is also about right view in the Buddhist tradition. When the Buddha talks about right view, part of it is, he says, there is mother and father, there is what is given, there is what is sacrificed. So he's he's pointing to the fact that we are connected. We have a mother and father. We have each been given so much, so much has been sacrificed for us. We live in this world of connections with one another when we reflect on gratitude, that, that becomes more clear. It becomes more salient. And in those connections, when we see uh, all that we have received and we see the, uh, the impact that kindness and generosity has on us from others, uh, it also can strengthen our understanding of cause and effect, This is something that Tanisaro Bhikkhu points out, that reflecting on gratitude can bring wisdom because we see, oh, that person did that, and look at the impact it's had on me. We see the efficacy of action. We see that actions have results. This wisdom also extends to giving us perspective on our life. We really reflect on gratitude, coming back to what Joanna Macy was saying. We see that that this whole life is a gift. Our breath, this body, all of the experiences we've had, right? When we come to the end of our lives, we have to let it go. We see that it's all been borrowed, that it's all been a gift. when we're able to really receive the gift of life, when we're able to understand the immensity of what we have received from others, from our parents, from our teachers, from our friends, from our ancestors, from the planet, the natural movement of the heart is to want to give, to want to give back to pass on the gift. So generosity is the natural expression of gratitude. When we're able to fully receive, and sometimes it takes work to receive, it's not always easy to let it in. I have one mentor who said to me once, if we could be fully aware of all of the blessings, of all that we have received in this moment, we would all be weeping from the immensity of, of the gift. And so it's, it's gratitude as a practice of, of opening our heart to be able to receive. And in the times that we're living today where uh, there's so much strife, so much suffering in the world, in our society, and on the planet. We need that capacity. We need that, that possibility of, of recharging, of allowing our hearts to feel full so that there's energy, so that there's something to give, so that there's something to respond. So gratitude, it's not a selfish practice. It's actually deeply connected to finding our place in the world and being able to contribute in a meaningful way. I, I want to end with a quote from uh, Ajahn Buddha Dasa, who's one of the great uh, Thai forest meditation masters of the last century. He uh, he wrote of this uh, this connection between gratitude and generosity in the Buddhist tradition. There's a the the phrase that expresses the relationship between those two is katanyu katawedi. Katanyu is translated as gratitude. It literally means um, to have a sense of what was done. To have a sense of what was done. So that that awareness of what we've received. And katawedi is this, this movement to give back, literally a debt. So the debt of gratitude, that sense of wanting to give back and to repay. I just want to say one more thing before the quote: we can we can see this relationship between gratitude and generosity just in the breath, just in the the receiving of an in breath and the giving of an out breath. They're just they're two sides of the same coin. It's just the cycle of life, of, of receiving and giving. So this is what Ajahn Buddha Dasa says. He writes, With just this one virtue of gratitude, the world could be at peace. If we are aware of our debt of gratitude to the other beings and life on this planet, we will be unable to act in any way that harms or oppresses other beings with the power of the single virtue of gratitude we can help the world so you have my wholehearted encouragement to in this particular season and beyond to to take something from this talk and uh, and make gratitude a part of your of your practice and a part of your life so i offer this for your reflection tonight So we have just just a few minutes if there are any any brief questions or comments before we close tonight. Yeah, please. Uh, I did this with a friend. Um, She lives far away. We're good buddies, but she lives far away. Yeah. And um, once a week, we would write to each other about something we were grateful for. Beautiful. And it's a great way to get to know someone. You find out, and and also yourself, you know? Yeah, yeah. I felt things like walking down the street and looking at people's front yards, looking at the different kinds of gardens people had. Yeah. And she talked about having a daughter and how she felt about it, you know? And we would just, because we knew each other, we didn't have to impress each other. Yeah. We'd just talk about what it was this time and what it was next time. Beautiful. It's a great thing to do. I recommend it. Thank you. I love that. I love that. There's so many ways to be creative with this. Any other comments or questions? It could be about your practice more generally also. It doesn't need to be related to this topic. behind you. I'm just wondering if you could comment on why why you feel gratitude is not hugely prevalent, since it's so positive. Why is it so difficult? I spend many days where I don't necessarily notice that anyone, I can't necessarily (coughs) observe someone uh, showing gratitude or even kindness in a way that yeah. I might call so why is sure. it th- why does it not appear to be more prevalent? Yeah. So I'll I'll, I'll there are three things that come to mind, and uh, I don't offer this as the definitive answer, but just one perspective on that question. Um. So one, I think that there are. Uh, evolutionary reasons, why it's hard for us to connect with gratitude. And I, I referred to this in passing when I mentioned the negativity bias. So just our, our wiring, if you think about humans growing up on the savant, growing up, uh, you know, living on the Savannah, needing to take care of our physical safety, watch out for threats. Uh, those that were more attuned to danger survived. So there's a part of our nervous system that's always on the lookout for threat, right? And in the situation in which we evolved, that was adaptive. Today, we don't face the same kinds of threat, but that that programming is still running. So we freak out about the fact that we're going to be late to work or that we ran out of milk or that we didn't return that phone call or, you know, it's it's not a big deal, but it's like life-threatening. To our nervous system, because it's that same thing running. So, so I think that there are hardwiring issues or, or hardwiring reasons why we don't automatically connect with gratitude. That's one, okay? Uh, two, um, we haven't trained ourselves. So we haven't grown up in a culture that trains, for, for the most part, many of us, I don't want to say everyone, that trains us to be connected with a spirit of gratitude, you know? Uh, many indigenous cultures, from the time that uh, a baby is born, they're they're um, connected with rituals that reinforce this this the sense of gratitude for the other animals, for the plants, for the gift of life, right? Um, or in Buddhist cultures, babies are you know uh, giving dana from before they can even hold a spoon. The the villagers are, are you know taking the baby's hand and putting it in, in the rice bowl and putting rice into the monk's bowls to feel the sense, to experience generosity. And in that experience of giving, there's, there's also a sense of gratitude for the, op, for the opportunity to give. So we, I don't, we, just, we simply haven't learned the habit of gratitude. And what's in its place are the, the, the kind of deep-rooted patterns of greed, hatred, and delusion in the mind of the and which which are kind of reinforced by corporate capitalist Western culture, right? To just get as much as I can for myself and not care about anyone else. So we're swimming in that. It's feeding on some of the deep rooted patterns in the mind. And we don't and we don't we're not raised in a culture that okay, so how can we are not grateful? Right? Okay, so those are the first two. The third one, there's a beautiful story by Italo Calvino. I can't remember the name. Someone probably knows it. It might be two cities or something like this. But it's a story of two people walking through a city. And one of them sees all of the, the pain and the, and, the, and the hatred and the difficulty and the pettiness. And the other person sees all of the good and all of the light and all of the kindness. And they're in the same city, but they're just seeing different things. My first meditation teacher, Manindraji, used to say, wherever I go, people are always kind to me. They're always good to me. I always see the good in others, and so that's how they treat me. So I think there's something to be said for when we are connected with a sense of kindness and gratitude and appreciation in our heart. I think we notice it more, and it may actually have an effect on those around us. So I want to hold out the possibility that there may be more gratitude and goodness around us than we think. We're just not looking for it. So maybe we can end on that note. I also, I just want to, um, I meant to mention this in the talk, and it, it didn't come out in the flow, but I want to just express my gratitude to Gil for this amazing community and center that he's created. And, uh, you know, if it weren't for him, none of us would be here tonight in this room. Yeah. So let's just sit together for a moment. May we each be deeply nourished by gratitude. And may we have the fullness of heart to give from a place of joy, generosity, and happiness. Thanks so much for your practice.